the best salespeople 50, 60, 70 years ago, uh, five years ago, and today uh, were relationship selling people. Uh, always focused on what's best for the prospect, what's best for the customer or the client. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we have John Chapin with us, and we're going to discuss the secrets to building relationships in outside sales. Welcome to the show, John. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So just by way of introduction, John is an award-winning sales speaker, author, trainer, and coach with over 31 years of extensive sales, customer service, and sales management experience. In addition to being a number one sales rep for most of his 31 plus years in sales, John author also authored a 2010 sales book of the year called The Sales Encyclopedia. John was voted the second best speaker in Massachusetts and Rhode Island and is a member of the National Speakers Association. So excited to, uh, to have you on today and talk about building relationships in outside sales, John. Um, yeah, great. Me too. Thanks. Well, I'll jump into, jump into my first question here. Why is it important to build relationships with prospects and customers? Okay. Um, well, I mean, why is it important to build relationships in general, right, with, with anyone? Right. Uh, you know, usually... Uh, again, I mean, the better relationship you have with people, obviously, generally speaking, the smoother things go overall. But, you know, from a sales perspective, it's funny that all these books came out, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, and there's even a focus on it now with this new relationship selling and everything else. Look, uh, the best salespeople 50, 60, 70 years ago, uh, five years ago, and today uh, were relationship selling people. Uh, always focused on what's best for the prospect, what's best for the customer or the client, uh, and that the relationship will always be stronger than anything else. I'm sure most of the people on here, if you've been in sales for any length of time, you've heard the saying that uh, someone will buy an inferior, more expensive product from someone they like versus someone they're just neutral about or don't know, or you know, obviously somebody they don't like. Uh, but again, the relationship has always been the most important piece of the puzzle uh, when it comes to sales. It, it's all about people connecting and relationship. Yeah, I, I, I could not agree more. What specific tactics and approaches do outside salespeople need to adapt to successfully build long-term relationships with their prospects and customers? You know, it, it's really... Uh, it's really making it about them, right? So Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, hopefully I, I don't botch this one. I think it's habit number five, which is seek first to understand. You know, it's all about people. It's all about what is everyone's favorite radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me. Right? <laughs> so it's all about getting in their world, talking to them on their terms, making sure that, you know, especially in a first call, second call, that you're listening 80% of the time, you're maybe talking 20% of the time, and most of the time that, that's to ask questions, which are good questions, 
which set you apart from your competition, not the same questions they're asking in, in a lot of cases. Um, but it, again, it's all about the, you know, that first impression too. It's all about when they look at, look at you, if they see you in person, it's all about how you dressed. Uh, it's all about, uh, again, making sure, you know, the shoes are shined, uh, you're dressed well, uh, you're speaking properly, uh, you're groomed properly, all those sorts of things. But then again, that you're focused on them and you're letting them know that you care about them, you're focused on them, and again, you want to make it all about them and what's most important to them. And, and when you go in there thinking with a mindset, I like to go in with a mindset thinking, I really like this person, I really want to help this person. Because I, I feel that that helps me with my body language, facial expressions, voice tone, which of course are most of communication. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about making that good first impression, making it all about them and making sure that everything on, on your end is, is lined up. And, and what steps do you, do you take to build a long-term relationship with a customer? Can you, could you walk us through your process for, uh, from the initial contact here? Yeah, from the initial contact, again, it, it's a little bit of what I mentioned already. Is it's making sure that when you show up, you're prepared. Uh, that you looked apart, that again, you're making it all about them, you're asking the right questions, things like that. So it's making that good first impression. And then it's making sure that you do everything you say you're going to do. So that's, uh, you know, if you say you're going to call them or follow up with them on Tuesday, you follow up with them on Tuesday. If you say you're going to email them something, it's emailing something to them. I like to initially after the first meeting, I like to send out a handwritten thank you note uh, to people. Those go a long way and those will definitely set you apart. Uh, sometimes depending upon, you know, if they're younger, uh, I might even send them a text message uh, mm -hmm. right after the meeting. I'm sitting out in the parking lot saying, hey, great meeting you today. You know, I'll follow up with an email and some other things, but, you know, I'm looking forward to our next conversation or whatever it is. Uh, and then send an email. And then again, from there, it's communicating. It's making sure they're on your communication stream and that you're staying in touch with them and basically that you're doing what you say you're going to do. So you make that good first impression and then you go on to make a good second impression, third impression, fourth impression, all the way down. We know at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to honesty, integrity, and character. That's what builds long-term relationships, whether it's personal or business. So it's just making sure that you walk your your talk. Yeah, absolutely. What well, one thing, uh, one one trick on that? Like, should I text? Should I email? Should I call them? I, I like to just ask in that first meeting. Hey, what's the absolutely. what's the best way for me to to get in touch with you? I mean, I know you probably get two hundred emails a day, so you know, I'm not. If, if there's a better way, or you know, let me know. I'm I'm happy to to interact. You know, with whatever with whatever of the the means of communication is that's best for you. And a lot of times the customer will say, Oh, well actually uh, text is the best way or actually just give me a call at this number. Or, hey, or, yeah. And email is fine. Um, but then, them just acknowledging that, Hey, I, this is the best way to get to reach out to me so that I will get back to you. It's almost like you've created a, uh, like a, a subtle contract, a, a social contract, if you will, um, a tacit right. agreement to, that you will, that they will get back to you. And it, it, it that can just that one question can compress right. the sales cycle. 
Yeah, and that's and you touched on something really important because occasionally people will ask me, how do you follow up with people without being a pest, mm-hmm. you know, without bothering them? And I say simply ask them. So again, that's one of the things I ask is I say, okay, so you want me to get back to you in a couple of weeks and you're making sure you've qualified them to make sure there's a reason to call them back in two weeks. You know, it's just not just they're putting you off. Okay. Mm -hmm. But then when they do, you say, great, how would you like me to reach out to you? So again, when I call them back or I stop in again, I always open with, hi, John Chapin, just following up as promised. And again, you're doing it via the medium that they asked you to follow up, whether it's phone or, or email or text or whatever it is. Absolutely. What What are the biggest hurdles that salespeople face when building relationships with customers? What gets in the way? The biggest, uh, good question. Pro- probably the two biggest things I see are first off, they don't really get in that person's world and kind of understand what they're looking for. As, as you mentioned, when you're asking them how to communicate with them, whether it's text or whatever it is. Uh, So they don't truly get in their world and understand it from that standpoint, but probably bigger than that. The biggest thing is, is a lack of effort. It's, you know, I'll ask people like, okay, so, you know, did you follow up with this person? What was the follow-up? What did you do? Um, where are you keeping track of that? And there's just a disconnect. Um, people tend to be lazy a lot of times when it comes to taking those follow-up steps. You've got to have a system and you've got to run that. You've got to run your follow-up system. It's almost like running a military campaign. You've mm-hmm. got to have, okay, here's what I do. So. I go out in the parking lot and, you know, if, if this is a millennial or whatever, you know, or they like text, I'm going to text this person immediately. I'm going to get back to the office later today. I'm going to email them and I'm going to send them a handwritten thank you note. And then two days from there, I'm going to get a reminder that I need to call this person back or follow up on this, follow up on that, uh, or I need to send them out a letter. And here's how I'm going to stay in touch with them. It's just really having a system in place and having a process and continuing to communicate and build that relationship and also getting information about them and you know making sure you're writing that down the personal information that you can use to build the relationship it's just most people don't have a system uh, they don't follow a system and they don't stick to a regimented contact plan is is the biggest issue i see yeah that that makes a ton of sense um, and what about with a complex sales cycle where there's multiple decision makers involved at a company that maybe aren't all that related to one another, but you're, they're all involved in your sales cycle. How do you effectively build a relationship with all of them at the same time? Yeah. Same way you'd build a relationship with, with any of them. So, you know, if I want to think back to, uh, my previous life, most recent previous life before I do what I do now, which was the banking industry and my largest account, uh, my largest bank, I had six decision makers in there. And so it was the CEO, the CFO, the COO, the CIO, an executive vice president, and a senior vice president. And I basically built relationships with all of them. So I knew, you know, everybody but got a birthday card from me. Everybody got a holiday card from me. 
everybody got, you know, updates, reminders, everything else. So, you know, in, in accounts like that, where you have major, where you have a lot of relationships, it's, it's a major account and you want to have more than one relationship because of course, if you don't, then, you know, a person leaves, a person gets hit by a bus, uh, something else happens and all of a sudden, you know, you're back to square one. Uh, but yeah, you build those relationships the same way you build any other relationship. Now, there are obviously some people that are going to be more influential on the decision end. There are also going to be some people who you connect with better, okay, or you have a better relationship with, or they go, hey, you know, friend me on on Facebook, or, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, or, you know, some other things, and 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 things like that are going to happen. Uh, but again, generally, you build them all the same way, uh, and you treat them all with that same level of respect and same level of care. And, and it's just realizing, though, that you've got to build the multiple relationships, you know, in the important accounts. Are there... Uh... Are there warning signs that you look for that your relationship with a customer is is not as strong as you'd like it to be, or that it's beginning to weaken? And uh, how how do you when when that happens, what do you do to fix it? Yeah, um, generally, you know, if people start, it's really two things. If people stop responding to me. So, you know, they're my best clients, I can call their cell phone pretty much any time, or they can call my cell phone and, you know, there's going to be an answer on the other end. Um, so if, you know, they stop answering phone calls, if they stop answering text messages, if they stop answering emails, um, so lack of communication uh, on their end can be, now, I mean, they might be busy. You know, so salespeople are kind of funny too. We, we can be kind of fickle and somebody doesn't respond to us for an hour and all of a sudden we think, you know, we think they hate us or something. <laughs> um, so, you know, it could be, again, they could be busy. Something could be going on. Maybe their dog died. You know, you don't know. Uh, but in general, if I notice kind of over a period of time, people start, have stopped responding as quickly or a little more obvious is if they're responding negatively uh, or, you know, they're making some negative comments or they're saying, geez, you know, we thought we were going to get this and we really wanted that. And, you know, we hope your people will respond quicker. So really negative communication uh, and no communication at all. And what I try to do to repair that is find out what's going on, you know, have a conversation um, has it been that I haven't seen them in person in a while? I've been doing a lot of communication, maybe via email. Maybe I've been taking them for granted. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe I haven't been communicating on my end. So getting communication. But a lot of times, you know, anytime you have any sort of problem or you think you have a problem, ideally, you want to get in person. Uh, if you can't get in person, if you can get on a Skype call, a Zoom call, uh, but you know, least case scenario, you want to at least get on the phone with that person and talk to that person and find out what's going on um, and say, you know, and again, check in with them. And if there isn't anything obvious, uh, it's just starting to ask them. It's saying, you know, are you happy with everything that's going on? 
uh, if you could wave a magic wand and change anything and improve it, you know, what would it be? So it's making sure you're communicating on your end and it's making sure that you're communicating. Again, also, another one is value. You know, if someone keeps hearing from you, but every time they hear from you, it's like, hey, how you doing? Just touching base or whatever it is. Ideally, when you're reaching out to people, they're getting something from that communication, right? Again, WIFM, what's in it for me? So hopefully you're delivering some value. So that can be another thing. If they know every time they get an email from your phone call or a text, it's not really that important. Um, they'll tend to start to, you know, break the communication there too. So value, uh, make sure you're in their world, make sure you know any issues, any problems, and make sure you're communicating as much as you should be communicating. And again, in the way that they want to be communicated with. Yeah. Have you seen any of, any of this relationship management um, strategies or tactics change over the last few years? And, and do you see developments of it changing over the next five years that we should be looking around the corner at? Yeah. I, you know, I mean, what, what's the bit, you know, what, what's the, what do they call it? The 400 pound gorilla in the room or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it, obviously it's technology. Uh, it's, you know, with technology, Unfortunately, people will let a, an email suffice for what should be an in-person or a phone conversation. Or they'll let, you know, it was years ago. I, I don't know if you'll remember how many people listening and remember. Years ago, United Airlines had a commercial where this guy was sitting with his whole sales team in the conference room. And he said, we lost our largest customer today. And at the time, the fax machine was really big and he said the problem is every time we communicated it was a fax followed by another fax followed by another fax followed by another fax and he's passing out airline tickets to everyone from United Air Airlines to go visit the customers and they said he's got his ticket and they said you're going here you're going here you're going here and one person asked him where are you going he said I'm going to see that largest customer yeah um, so yeah, it's technology has, you know, put us in a position where it's a lot easier not to pick up the phone, not to go in person, but just to send a quick email. Uh, and also, you know, they say that people have gotten worse in their communication skills and things like that. Maybe. That could be part of it too. I, I think maybe people aren't as comfortable as they used to be with telephone, with in person. And I think you asked something about what was it? Do I do I see uh, that changing the future or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, how, okay. Yeah. How would that? How, how do you see this? Or you know, are, are there any changes on the horizon that you think our listeners should be watching out for? Yeah, I mean, I think people are becoming a lot more aware of what's going on. Um, you know, not to get too deep or esoteric or, or whatever it is, but I think with all the noise out there and all the communication and all the devices at the dinner table and everything else, um, I've seen a movement for people kind of getting back to communicating again, you know, as human beings and getting together with people uh, and things like that. In fact, just 
uh, hopefully this is a quick example. Interestingly enough, when I was in the banking industry, they started Diebold, who's the largest uh, manufacturer of banking and, uh, equipment. Um, they started a movement where they were going to have all remote branches because their theory was people were no longer going to go into branches and go talk to people. They were going to do all their stuff online and, and all that and just stay in their houses. And what they realized was after a couple of years of that and doing research was they found out that people still want to sit down with people, talk to people and interact with people. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we've lost that over the years, I see a movement coming back to that and coming back to relationships. And also I think that from a competitive standpoint, um, it's going to be that much more of a differentiator with the people who are able to um, make those in-person contacts and make the phone calls. And I so agree. I mean, and, yeah. The, 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 I, you know, I run into this all the time where people are like, Oh, is field sales going away? And I'm like, yeah, it's definitely going away for some companies and those companies that it does go away for are going to lose a lot of their customers to the companies that keep their field sales teams. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, Absolutely. it's like, Oh, can't we just do this all over email? It's like, you can try, but sure. Uh, sure. Sure. We'll make it easy for your competitor to come along and pick your pocket on that one. Yeah. And the funny thing is it's always the number crunchers and the engineers behind the scenes who go, Oh, we have all this artificial intelligence and all this other stuff we can do. And then you bring the, you know, human people in, into the equation and the people people and they say, yeah, no, it's, you know, people are people, people are herd, you know, we're herd animals. Yeah. Um, we like to be accepted. We like to be in groups and, you know, we like to talk to people. We don't want to talk to a machine. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. Well, the next section we go into here, I call sales in 60 seconds. Um, basically I'm going to ask you a series of questions and the goal is to answer it, you know, just whatever's off the top of your mind in under 60 seconds. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. All okay. right. So what is the first thing that salespeople should do after meeting a new prospect? Okay. Is that in the initial meeting or is it after they've left the office or is it initially? Uh, good question. Uh, to clarify, I think I mean after the meeting. Okay. After the meeting, again, uh, they want to reach out to that person, contact that person as soon as possible. So again, if, if you want to do it with a text, that's fine. Although again, if you're with somebody 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, just making sure you at least again, send an email out afterwards and send, like I said, I like the handwritten thank you note if it's important enough. Mm -hmm. Just making a contact as quickly as possible afterwards, reiterating some of the things you talked about, and just talk, talking about the overall positive, just putting a positive light on that meeting. What, in your opinion, is the number one mistake salespeople make when it comes to relationship management? Okay, this is the one uh, I, I hinted at a little bit before, I talked about it a little bit before, but it's really inconsistency in communication and it's again, not having a system, not having a process that they follow up with. So they might be real good one week, you know, sending out the thank you notes and doing this and talking to everybody they have to talk to. 
Um, and then the next week they drop off and they're kind of hodgepodge about that. So yeah, the biggest thing I see is the inconsistency, which is usually due to lack of a follow-up system. Mm. How can salespeople use relationship management to differentiate themselves from their competitors? Again, I, well, in this, you know, I think of the traits, like, again, you are the one thing your competition does not have. You are the one key differentiator. So where can you go over, above, beyond? I'm one of those crazy people who answers my phone at night. On weekends, I answer emails at 11 o'clock at night. I'm just kind of crazy like that. But again, I'm a sales guy. So that's how I differentiate myself. So how can you be super responsive? How can you go over and above? And how can you build that relationship? Again, what can you do to connect as effectively as possible with them? It's getting personal information, uh, finding out that information. It's making sure that, again, you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And then, again, it's making sure that you have that consistency in, in communication. And, again, overall being super responsive uh, and letting them know they're important. Do you recommend any tools or technology for relationship management? I, I do. Um, really, two components of any technology or anything else you're going to use is one, that you use it, and two, that it works. So people think of CRM, right? Our customer relationship management software, as I call PRM2, prospect relationship management software. And they have all these fancy tools and technology and all that. I have a guy who still has his little three by five index card file. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got it alphabetized and he's got the numbers uh, one through 31 for the month. And he's, then he's got the months over in another one. He's got little three by five note cards in there mm -hmm. uh, to stay in touch with everybody. And then he has people, he has um, paper uh, files on everybody mm -hmm. and it works for him. Sure. And he's got a system and he's got a wall calendar with everything written in there with codes as to when everyone's birthday card goes out and holiday card and all that. Mm -hmm. And it works. So something you're going to use and something that works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think things can be high tech or low tech. The thing is that you, you have to create a system that, that is executable. Absolutely. What's the best sales advice that you've ever received? Oh, I know uh, this, is a, this is a tough one, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got some good stuff. Um, and I'm trying to think of when I break it down to, you know, what's the most important in sales to probably the best that, and I don't know if it came to me this way, but this is what I kind of boiled it down to was to treat everyone you meet as if that's your mom, dad, Add sister, brother, best friend, grandmother, grandfather, whatever relationship works best for you. If you don't, you know, if you have relationship issues with your mom, don't use your mom. Okay. <laughs> um, but whatever relationship works best for you, because it, it's simple. If you're treating them like a close friend or family member, you're going to be focused on the most important thing in the sales conversation, which is what's important to them. Mm. 
okay? You care about them. So imagine that a friend or family member sitting across from you and they're asking about something in your industry or they want to buy, some, let's say you're a mortgage broker, they want to get a mortgage, okay? And they're asking questions. You're not in the sales process. You're not thinking about, uh-oh, I'm probably going to get this objection and I got to use this close and I got to do this and I got to do that. You're answering the questions you need to answer from a standpoint of helping them. So again, I, I think that's the best advice that I've probably gotten is again, treat everyone like a close friend or family member and make it all about them and simply have a conversation, ask the questions you need to ask to figure out how you can or can't help. And if you can't help them, make sure you know where they can get help and where you can direct them. Outstanding. And um, I guess as a final takeaway for you to give a piece of advice, what do you think that the field salespeople listening today should do as a first step to get started on building better relationships with their prospects and customers? I would say make it a priority, make it a commitment. I mean, if you're committed, if you decide, you know what, um, I'm going to start sending out the birthday cards, the anniversary cards, the holiday cards. Um, I'm going to start, you know, paying attention to personal information uh, on my clients. I'm going to start to listen better to them. I'm going to, you know, start listening more and talking less. I'm going to follow the 80-20 rule on that. Um, it's really... Again, making relationship building a priority and then having a system to follow so that you can do it consistently. Well, I'm gonna try to summarize everything uh, that we've talked about here today, just because a lot of our listeners are you know, in the field driving around in their cars, so it's good to hear things twice. Um, so first of all, the best salespeople are relationship selling people. You need to make connections with the people you're selling to. In general, obviously, people are more likely to buy from the people that they like. Seek first to understand and then move on to telling your prospects and customers what's in it for them. Go into any interaction with the mindset that you like them and you want them to benefit from the sale, from the, from the business interaction. Start out by making a good first impression and then Make sure you do everything that, you're, that you say you're gonna do. Send them a follow-up, maybe even a handwritten note, or if they're younger, send them a text. Ask a prospect what's the best way to follow up with them. A lot, about, a lot of relationship building comes down to honesty, integrity, and character. The biggest hurdles to building a relationship is, is, not, is failing to get into your prospect's world. It, by truly understanding your prospect or taking that extra effort and following up is how you really build the relationship. In a complex sale with multiple decision makers, you need to be, you, you need to make sure you build relationships with everybody, you know, like, and you gave the example of the, the, the six people at the bank that you had a deep relationship with and you, you sent them all birthday cards and holiday cards, you followed up with them you got to treat each person in a complex sale with, with respect and care and, and build out that relationship. We talked about warning signs to look out for that a relationship is weakening. People stop answering, you know, your, your texts and your emails and, and you're stop picking up the phone, a lack of communication. 
um, or, or even worse, people start um, communicating negatively and, uh, and, and don't see a way to, to make things better. You know, that both of those signs show that you have to take action. Or you can repair these relationships by figuring out how to communicate better. It's, it's best to try to get back in person, you know, face to face and clearly communicate the value and bring it back to what, what is in it for the, for them. When, what was it? What, what is this relationship? What is the, what is the interaction? What, what are they, how do they benefit? Technology has had a huge impact on building relationships with customers. Take the time to see people in person again or give them a call instead of sending an email and, uh, and it'll go a long way in this highly technical world. Um, it, it, and that can, doing that can differ, differentiate a salesperson from their competition and, uh, and in the future because you know, what's the one thing your competitor doesn't have? Your competitor doesn't have you, and that's that's in your control. You know, I'll tell you, John, this has been a fantastic episode. Um, where can listeners read more about your work? How do they reach out to you? Why should they reach out to you? What's get, give us give us the info here? Okay. Uh, in short, if you want to reach out to me, my website is completeselling.com. So that's complete is in total completeselling.com. So John Chapin at CompleteSelling.com will be my email. And what I do is my specialty is helping people double sales in 12 months. Uh, it's something I've done historically. The most recent testimonial I got was from an insurance guy, 73 years old, who's been in the business 48 years, who doubled his income in nine months working with me. Uh, so it's just something I, I'm known for. Uh, and again, yeah, anything uh, on that website, my blog, I've got probably about 100 articles on there. Uh, most people, I get some really good feedback on those. So if you're a sales leader, if you need some fodder for some meetings and you know something to talk about, you can go on there. I, my latest article was about call reluctance, uh, overcoming that. And uh, yeah, there's some good stuff there. So again, completeselling.com is the best way to find me and get to me. Fantastic, John. Um, well, I hope everybody enjoyed the the episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If you have any feedback, we're at feedback at outsidesalestalk.com. If you like the podcast, please uh, you know spread the word, let people know it exists. Uh, it helps to just, you know helps out other outside salespeople to to know about the stuff we're talking about. Take care until next week, everybody. Mm-hmm.